Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. You know, whenever I need a, you know, big guest, you know, maybe I need a New York Times bestselling author, or I need a major media personality, or a leading authority in a specific area like healthcare. Dr. Bob Arnott's my guy. You know, I get to claim multiple things every time he's on the program. Uh, he is a uh, uh, personal favorite. I consider him a good friend, uh, and he's certainly a show favorite. The, the listeners love whenever we have him on. Uh, you know him from his time with NBC and CBS, and he continues to do great work on my show and many others. Dr. Bob Arnott, welcome to the program. What a great introduction, Kevin. Not sure I deserve yeah. it, but... Uh... I'm uh, very grateful for it. Oh, it's well-deserved, and we're, like I said, I, I, I get excited when I look at my info sheet of who's going to be on, and look, it's Dr. Bob. It's going to be a good segment, so that's always exciting. And, you know, and, and it's hard. I've been, I've been in radio now for over 20 years, really longer than that, uh, this show alone 20 years. And, uh, you know, no matter what you do, if you do a lot of it, it's kind of hard to get excited. I get excited every time you're on, so I'm always grateful. Uh, now, this, this time, you, so you bet. This time, you know, we've been talking a lot about the war, uh, you know, for, for months, really, as long as it's been going on. It's been one, our primary topic most of the time. And, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, been interesting on the front end on how the Ukrainians did, surprising expectations to, uh-oh, maybe the Russians are figuring it out to a week in the last week that, frankly, uh, I think blew away everyone's thoughts. Maybe even the Ukrainians, I don't know. Uh, the amount of success so quickly, so devastating to the Russians, it has been an, a fascinating, really, week and a half. Not much more than that. Well, you know, the Ukrainians themselves weren't sure they could do it. Uh, and, you know, the U.S., our National Security Council, briefed them, you know, the Pentagon did, daily calls, Ensure them that they could. Now, none of them expected this degree of success. The U.S. didn't expect it. The Ukrainians didn't expect it. But what's interesting is, you know, it's it's just such a great mix. In other words, let's look at the technology. You know, my nine-year-old, old, and I are shooting these harm missiles all the time, which basically are anti-radiation. So, the Russians have done very well in terms of having a very robust air defense network. However, they can't even turn it on. They turn it on. <laughs> you know, the Ukrainians see it. They launch one of these missiles, track right to the radar, and blow up the radar and, of course, the artillery around it. So, you know, the Ukrainians have these uh, MiG-29s, which are, you know, pretty old generation fighter jets, and they have figured out how to put these missiles on there. Even the U.S. isn't quite sure how they how they do it. They also, of course, have these, these harms, uh, you know, digital GPS guided artillery, taking out over 400 Russian command and control, the supply depots, the arms, the munitions, the artillery. It's been phenomenal. But the other part of it is great deception here. You know, it's the news. I say, why are these guys talking about going into the South? So what are they telegraphing the Russians for? What are they just doing as a surprise? And of course, they're up there around Kharkiv getting all this stuff set up. And then uh, it's been, you know, I'll tell you, Kevin, it's been very hard to read the Ukraine news. Sometimes I just avoided it for a couple of days in a row because it just didn't ever look like it was going to go the Ukrainian's direction. 
And now it has. And to think of these Russians, you know, getting out of their uniforms, putting on civilian clothing, stealing civilian cars, and heading for the border. I mean, back in uh, the days of Stalin, they had NKVD, they had secret police units between each wave of Russian troops. And as you came back, they just execute all their own soldiers. So fortunately, yeah. I don't seem to be doing too much of that right now. But boy, it's, it's tough. Well, they, I can tell you that. I was just going to say, they Sorry, literally God. had, you know, you, you had troops based in one direction going after the enemy, but parallel to them and pointing at them were other Russian troops who would take out anyone who would retreat. I mean, now what's the saying that uh, that uh, torture will continue until morale is improved? Um, that that's pretty much the Soviet approach to uh, you know uh, building morale. And in a, in addition to this, boy, what a great example to the adage uh, when you talked about those missiles uh, of necessity being the mother of invention. No, it's just it's stunning. It's so funny too with these MIGs. You know how we talked about the poles flying to the U.S. base and then flying them in and never seemed to happen. Well, they took them apart, sent them in spare parts, you know, put them back together. Presto, you know, more MIGs. I think the really interesting thing, though, is that you know a lot of what's missing, I think, on television and the accounts is the overall macro strategy where this goes because you have to be careful on two fronts. One, obviously, you don't want to poke the Russian bear in, this, in the eye to the point that they use chemical or nuclear weapons. You know, hopefully that's not on the offing there. But the other really intriguing thing is everybody goes, you know, is Putin sick? Is this going to push him out? Are they going to push him out? It's kind of the last thing you want because the rule in revolution or overthrow is the worst guys always win. I mean, look at, you know, a lot of the Russian revolution, it was, you know, Trotsky, Lenin, and Stalin. Out of the whole, you know, revolution in uh, in Germany, it was Hitler. So don't expect you're going to get a better person. You know, if he's overthrown, you may get a really terrible person who's going to declare all, all out war on Ukraine. So you have to be careful there. And the other thing I think is the most interesting, and in that is that, you know, what Putin has done to his credit is he's held Russia together. You may say, well, why is that important? Well, because all of these little governments, all these little you know, dictators there, and a lot of them have nuclear arms. And if the Russian state dissolves into a whole series of a hundred or more of these little nuclear terrorist states, we're really in for a terrible, terrible situation. So it's one of these situations where, you know, tactically you want to say, man, this is amazing, let's cheer, it's fantastic, I feel great about this. On the other hand, you've got to be wary because, you know, they're not, they're not going to take this line down. And you don't want the dissolution of the Russian Empire, and you certainly don't want some, you know, ultra-rightist, pro-war new president that comes in that really does declare war on Ukraine, because the Russians have, you know, massive, massive amounts of war material still left, even though they've said that up to 85% of their soldiers have already been committed to the fight. They, they're scrounging to try and find anybody that they can send yes. in there. And that vaunted, you know, the Wagner, the Wagner, group or whatever that's caused so much terror in in Africa, miserable, you know, abuser of, of human rights, they've lost 5,000 men there, which has been a real comeuppance for these, you know, really miserable people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and there's, there's a theory that I heard early on and not so much 
of uh, recently that uh, P- Putin did this to appease some of the madmen that you're referring to, um, you know, because they would, you know, first of all, his, his own self-interest, obviously, um, you know, he's not an altruistic kind of guy. We both know that. Um, but also his concern from a larger perspective, from a security perspective. And so uh, there's no question about it. Often uh, bad guys are replaced by worse guys, and we've seen that throughout history. That's almost the rule rather than the exception. It's always the rule. But I think the other thing that's so interesting is that, you know, look, we've had NATO and a lot of U.S. forces really on the ready should there be a war with Russia. And you may think, gee, we're spending billions of dollars, but look at we get to fight the war with a surrogate. I mean, it's unbelievable taking all of the U.S. strategy and weapons and fates and whatnot and putting it together on a daily basis and see these troops that were trained by Special Forces and U.S. National Guard since 2014, man, we really can train up an army. So I feel good about it. And I also think that, you know, I was kidding around at first saying, but man, after all this ducking and covering for COVID for two years, we finally have, a, you know, a little break, which is World War Three. Fortunately, that hasn't yeah. happened. And I, I think it's going to simply because Russia is so attracted. They couldn't fight us, as we've seen. They really they couldn't mount any kind of a, a real fight against the West. You know, NATO is 50% of the world's armed forces and 50% of the world's GDP against the GDP, you know, gross domestic product is, you know, somewhere between France and Italy. So I think, I think for a couple of days here, it's time for America to really feel good about itself again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, and still keep an eye on what's going on because, you know, the Russians are furious. Putin is furious. I mean, you know, I'm reading uh, reports that he's not even showing up to strategy meetings that he had routinely showed up for. Uh, you know, I'm reading reports of uh, regional or what they call them district district leaders um, you know, saying that uh, Putin should simply resign. Wow, <laughs> I mean, that's really dangerous. By the way, you don't normally say that in a country like this. And uh, you know, I, and I'm I'm getting to a point. Well, I look at this situation, and it's almost like you wonder if he has crosshairs on his back. Yeah, you really do. Of course, the interesting thing there is that everybody's career really depends on him. So the FSB, their whole intelligence service, everybody in the armed forces, they all had their palms greased. They've all been able to take part of the graft corruption pie there, and there hasn't been any motivation to do anything else. They, you know, people go to work there like we do, like, I want to keep my job, which has been you know, their main effort. I do want to say, you know, that just as there's been so much tech that's gone in there on the military side, on the medical side, I have a co-CEO of this wonderful group. Uh, it's a charity called Health Tech Without Borders. We have now done over 60,000 telemedicine visits. And uh, I, I got a heads up on a couple of these. One of them is a poor five-year-old boy. And, you know, he has a sky-high fever, he's shaking chills. He can't leave his home because there are artillery shells in the playground. Rockets have hit the apartment building. They're in a bomb shelter. And so using our telehealth service, we made the diagnosis of chickenpox. And we did it in an interesting way because you could see that he had these little red spots under his armpits. Now, you may not think that's much, but imagine if the family risked their lives, seeing that he was in critical condition here, to go out to a hospital and were killed. And... With this, you know, people do die from chickenpox. So the ability to treat that and get that temperature down was great. Another example is 
Another five-year-old, there's just artillery shells, barrages going over his head and just taking him and calming him down. And the most, most unusual thing was we actually had a cardiac arrest. And one of our uh, key providers, Halima Ali, uh, who's, who's actually in India helping us out. And she talked to son who'd never done CPR before to bring him back back up and it survived until an ambulance got there and saved his life. And we have checked too, for instance, at the front line, we have these little echo machines that are, you know, maybe twice as big as an iPhone. And they take the place of a chest x-ray. So for a kid, you can decide if they have pneumonia. You can look and see if there's shrapnel in somebody's atrium. You can detect congestive heart failure. And so this fabulous, fabulous technology called Butterfly is now at the front lines there. So we have a lot of stuff going in. There are great partners with, with Microsoft and Google and soon to be Apple and Amazon. I mean, just wonderful partners who've been, you know, behind the scenes helping us get tremendous tech in there. In the big picture, Kevin, you know, we've talked a lot in COVID about delivering care to poor and underserved communities is digital delivery of healthcare. You know, we have banks of the very best doctors at Massachusetts General Hospital and Stanford University who are now volunteering their time, hundreds and hundreds of them, to be able to provide care digitally. And it's not just like making a phone call. We really made an art of it so that 90% of all sort of, you know, non-trauma, you know, emergency room visits, we've been able to figure out what it was, get them treatment. And I think it's huge, obviously, in Ukraine. We've expanded in the Philippines, Nigeria, uh, India, and uh, hopefully the United States to really be able to deliver what I call domain-level care, the very yes. best care, tippy-top of Harvard Medical School down to some poor five-year-old under fire in Ukraine. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very powerful. Very important. You know, in my introduction, which I like my introduction of you too, uh, and uh, I did feel thrilled to mention the fact that you were, and uh, for a long time, a uh, a war correspondent. You have covered front lines, and uh, not only did you do it many years a lot, you continue to do it. You continue to have involvement on front lines in, in various situations uh, on occasion. So I love that experience that you bring to each of these segments. We're getting near the end. Uh, soon, before I know it, I'll be playing Beat the Clock, and uh, which is a lot more fun to watch than be in the middle of. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Bob Arnott, one of my favorites, and uh, love what you bring to the show. Final thoughts as we wrap it up. Well, you know, I think that it's a time for optimism. You know, a lot of us have felt very poorly about ourselves and sort of think we live in this miserable world. And compared to living in Ukraine, you know, we're, we're, we're the best country in the world. But I, I think when you look at the courage, I have my first symphony coming out at the end of this month, and I've, I've called it Victoria. And it's after a Ukrainian army colonel female who was a surgeon and who was treating patients in that uh, Asimov, you know, steel plant physically separated from her daughter, taken prisoner from the Russian, is in a Russian prison war camp, and continues to treat patients. So I think, you know, nobility, bravery, heroism are words that really have to come to the fore. And I've dedicated this album to Victoria and the women of Ukraine for the extraordinary example they've set and for the, the bravery, nobility, calm that they've shown under the most dramatic terrible conditions anybody could possibly imagine. Yeah, that's a great way of summing it up. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Bob Arnott. Uh, by the way, of course, he'll be at priceofbusiness.com uh, where you can find links uh, to his articles on our platforms and uh, this audio weather uh, and plus our, our thoughts on it. Always love having you on the show, my friend. And I love being on the show. Thanks for all you do for your, for your listeners. America's best Thank you. host. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more after this. <laughs> 